thank you everybody for joining us on the Transportation and Logistics Clubhouse. Tonight we're talking with Brother Chris Jenkins. Brother Jenkins, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm very happy to be here. I really appreciate you having me on. Uh, no doubt, man. I'm very excited to have you on stage. You know, once... All right, so guys, this is a background. This is the background, and this is how excited I got when this brother right here just reached out to me on LinkedIn, you know, just sent a, a connection request, you know, and just like everybody else who has LinkedIn, you, you kind of peruse who have who's that person that had hit that button. And once I saw what their company was into, there was no way that we were not going to be right here, right now. So, you know, Chris, man, look, I know, let's talk about you first. Before we get into the other part, let's talk about you. Uh, what's what's your background, brother? What have you been doing with your career? You know, um, like what type of stuff have you done? So we can know who you are first before we talk about your company. Um, I would say this is kind of how I describe myself. Um, um, I'm the son of a dinosaur that jumped out of uh, planes to fight, fight Nazis. Um, against his will, I went into the military, earned a beret, came out um, after my mom came to a, um, an event we were hosting in the military and said, Bob, you need to get Chris a job before he gets himself killed. <laughs> so... Um, That put me into the pharma, where I spent the next 30 years in big pharma selling everything from blood chemistry machines to vaccinations. Um, I kind of wanted to get into um, a different field, and I had always liked manufacturing. So um, prior to a headhunter calling me, I helped my friend uh, move a partially loaded 40-foot shipping container out in the hills of West Virginia, had a near-death encounter, um, which is always due to friends. If if you've ever noticed, when you ever have a good friend, his job is to try to kill you. Um, So when the headhunter called and told me there was a safe way to move shipping containers, I was like, no way. Just like when I tell my customers, uh, hey, there's a safe and easy way to move shipping containers. They give me... Uh, the look, and I'm sure you've seen the look. Um, today I got the look a couple times, but that's basically my background. I um, I really do enjoy the manufacturing side of it. Um, it's uh, a totally different world, and present it presents so many different uh, challenges. Not only selling the product, but manufacturing it and overcoming engineering things. Uh, laws, taxation, business stuff. It, it's very challenging, but um, it's a blast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, look, man, uh, I'm very, very happy to have you on stage. And thank you so much for your service. Uh, very, very appreciative of men and women who uh, put their put themselves in the line of fire to protect, you know, the things that we do here in America. So thank you so much for your service. And, you know, now we're here. Now we're talking about your company. You know, the company is Quick Loads. And, you know, I just want to ask you to go ahead and paint the picture of supply chain in the way that we are currently utilizing, you know, containers. And then, you know, where does Quick Loads come into play? So, you know, you paint the picture of containers uh, at work now. That's completely you. Uh, Let us know exactly what you want us to know, okay? Okay, I'll um, go along with this. But also, I wanted to say this. Um, When you reached out to me and we started talking, um, I was very impressed with your knowledge, your background. Um, You know, you kind of grew up. Your family was in this. And um, I have enjoyed speaking to you. And I know that uh, this could probably be a good friendship. I really appreciate you having me on. Oh, definitely, Uh, brother. Yes. So... Here's basically the scoop. 90% of the world's freight travels in ISO shipping containers. 90%. It's phenomenal. The logistics of it are mind-blowing. I'm sure you're on LinkedIn and you have some friends in the logistics game. Um, The charts, the, the, the data that they track, it's... It's it's mind boggling. And and that's what's happening right now with uh, the current world events. 
if mm-hmm. everybody's watching with COVID, um, I grew up in the industry that invented just-in-time inventory. Yes, sir. The, the medical, pharmaceutical, a doctor walks into uh, the OR. He asks for 4 suture. They bring it out. They have four boxes. They have four surgeries. They don't have any inventory cost. It runs beautiful, except when COVID hits. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and basically destroys the model. And now you see companies like Walmart that had perfected it, Toyota that had taken it to new levels, starting to step away from it. My friends in the logistics are all saying um, COVID is dead. I mean, the just-in-time inventory is dead. COVID has killed it. Um, so now the, the, the stage is set. We see... COVID hitting China, them having zero lockdown, um, the ports being flooded, new laws coming into effect, um, protests going out in California at the ports. Um, The final mile, um, as Amazon says, is in jeopardy. I mean, if you think about the potentials for the perfect storm, we are sitting right now watching the storm clouds come over our country. And I'm wondering, I don't know where you're at, but we talked about certain legislation, the COVID shutdowns in China, um, ports being clogged, um, inventory issues. Some, Some people have an overstock. So the perfect storm has been set and we provide the easiest answer. Right. We provide a very easy answer that you can load 20-foot and 40-foot shipping containers, either empty and haul them without a CDO, or fully loaded up to 80,000 permits, 80,000 pounds permitted. You know, if you get a permit, you can pull that. Um, And they both load shipping containers in three minutes from the cab of a truck with a cell phone. Now Where's that's the, the part. When, yeah, that's the part. When I say it, people are like, "He's that's not possible." <laughs> With the cell phone, please let me hear some more, brother. You, it's true. It's um. Now a lot of people freak out when I say the cell phone, and they start to ask questions typical to a cell phone. Um, what if you don't have good cell phone connection? Um, it's Wi-Fi. Our trailers have Wi-Fi. Our trailers are already autonomous. You've probably, the trucking world has been like just um, have all these um, new trucks coming out that are autonomous uh, warehouses. Our trailers have been autonomous for the last year. We demonstrated at Freight Waves um, at the big uh, kind of Walmart-sponsored thing out in uh, trucking conference out in uh, Arkansas. yeah. Yes, we actually, when we were there, we won best in show and best swag at the national conference. Our product was received very well. Um, and it was just a wonderful that we had the opportunity to demonstrate it on a public basis. Right. But again, I want to say it load shipping containers from the cab of a truck, 20 or 40 um, in three minutes. Um, no cranes, no chains, no binders, no frozen decks, no hot Georgia black on fire cook eggs deck. Um, <laughs> you're just in the AC uh, in Georgia loading shipping containers in three minutes. And that basically is, is my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, man, very excited to have you on stage. Um, you know, and the point is, I think that you have a disruptor on your hand. Your 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 company is in itself a disruptor to the the status quo, and I'm just happy to like go further in it. But you said, all right, your your trailers are already autonomous. What if there's no cell phone reception? Um, you're saying that the trailers themselves are the Wi-Fi enabled thing that you know, in, in case there was no phone coverage, data coverage. Uh, you know, you, the, the, the driver's phone is still able to connect directly to um, the trailer itself, correct? Exactly. Um, we call it a brain box. 
um, and it's kind of got some uh, multiple functions. We can literally um, VPN and do, um, you know, do service and check out repairs. But also, if you would break your cell phone, drop it in water, it dies, you can actually operate it from the brain box. Um, gotcha. We prefer that people do it from the cab of the truck. Now, um, I would like to say this. Um, I'm an older gentleman. Now, I'd like to think that I'm a stud, but I was born in the 60s. <laughs> now, I was a stud in the 80s <laughs> and part of the 90s, but now I've come to a realistic expectation of my physical abilities. And, and I don't want to do chains and I don't want to um, do a lot of things. But um, the ability of this thing to load the shipping containers, there were some challenges for me at first, and they were this. I didn't grow up looking at a cell phone, and my mind didn't develop 3D. Like, guys, um, I'd say 35 and under, they can look at a cell phone, and from um, one camera angle, their mind can kind of form these pictures. Mine can't. So we come up with an, a thing. So don't panic if you're not good with a cell phone. We have multiple cameras that we put on. So when you back up, it gives you depth perception. And you can also go under the shipping container once our wedge is lifted up. So you can see um, how close you are when you do the set down. And what I mean by that is um, typically right now on unloading uh, 40-foot shipping containers or even loaded 20s, they're very heavy. And I always like to say this, winches are great at loading, but they're not great at pushing stuff off by their very nature. Mm-hmm. So some people got to figure ways to get these off. And um, some of our competition says to, you know, tie them to a secure uh, object and move forward with your vehicle. Um, well, still sometimes these are a foot or even higher off the ground. So there's a lot of concrete damage, scarring. Um, we have one video out on YouTube where you can literally, um, we set down a loaded 40 um, on cardboard on top of concrete, lift it up, and we didn't tear the cardboard. So I've been involved in um, construction prior to this where we would go in and tear down houses that had been burnt um, for insurance companies. And um, we would scuff the concrete, I mean, maybe the size of a dollar, and um, it would cause a lawsuit. People would be furious. So um, just some of the benefits of this we can go over, but one of them I really think is you can set these things down gently, and literally with the camera system we have, you can stop at about a half inch off the ground and then start over so you have this thing literally sit down, um, and there's no damage to cargo. Um, we've had stuff where we set down uh, wine bottles and not damage them um, just for demonstration. But at, at, on the other end of it, you know, 20-foot um, shipping containers loaded with gravel. We can set them down too or dump them out the back. So we've seen applications on this. We're still getting them in. We had one come in about six months ago from uh, Canada where they were loading and unloading palletized uh, supplies like um, housing shingles. Uh, And we really never even thought of that. And they're, they're still coming in with multiple ways. Now, we've thought about equipment, you know, loading, uh, broke down equipment and unloading it. But um, we're still having people say, hey, look at this video that we're, we're doing with it. Um, you know, we never saw a video with this. Here's one from Canada. Mm-hmm. So that's some of the stuff that we're seeing coming in. We, we still haven't realized the full potential of how this thing can be used in the trucking market. Um, but our customers are doing it for us. Right, right. Well, look. For the folks that might have missed it, right? Let's let we we started we talked we started talking about cell phones and you know how yeah. this thing is being controlled by cell phones. But let's bring it back to you know I guess a step before we're saying that you guys manufacture a trailer that in essence does what to containers and you know as you yes. answer that question, great point. Uh, you know, it actually go for that part first. 
Okay, let me explain explain the be- basics of the robot part of our trailer. Basically, every ISO shipping container has cutouts and corner castings. And these are typically, since the uh, late 50s, how these things have been secured. Well, we have designed the robotic part on the end of the trailer or the mounted bed, which can go on, say, like a, a Freightliner M2 for our 20Ks, and then um, double and triple axles for our uh, 40K 20s and customized up to, I want to say, 55K, depending on the truck. So on the end of these trailers and truck beds, you have a couple different things. You have wedges um, that go in the cutouts. And if you'll picture an ISO shipping container, you have, um, you're looking at it lengthwise, you'll see the round places that we call corner castings on the outer edges. And then within those, there's cutouts. These wedges, you back them in, so they go in the, the cutouts, and they literally lift the front end up and onto our chains, chain hooks that go in the holes of the corner castings and pull it up on the trailer. Mm-hmm. Now, we're in our fifth generation of the, the chain hooks and the chains. Um, our prototypes typically would have um, a six-month life because you're talking up to 60, 80,000 pounds on these chains. Since then, um, now we're looking at, you know, years uh, instead of months. So we've, we've seen some of these chains now last up to six or seven years, and we haven't really reached the failure on our fifth-generation chains. But you back up to the um, the, the, I, the shipping container with a trailer or a um, – bed-mounted unit using the cameras. And they have the projected thing just like you see. Um, it's very simple. And it's um, – just like to put a shout-out to a lot of truckers. I don't have a CDL, but I, I am quite impressed with the guys that come in. Um, typically – I hate to say this, but, you know, I'm a man and I think I can do everything awesome. But, you know what I mean? I, I mean, I used to be, uh, I used to wear a beret. I used to be a stud, but um, I I can back it up. I can do it within the three-minute parameter that we say. But honestly, when these truck driving guys with their CDLs that have been doing it, you know, 10, 15 years, they come in, they eyeball that thing. And I'm telling you, what it takes me three minutes takes them 30 seconds. Right, right, right. And, and, and literally, our training time to back these up on these guys is like five minutes. I mean, they totally get it. Um, so, um, But basically, that's the main part of the function of the robot part. And, and it's all controlled t- most of the time by the cell phone. Now, if you don't want to and you want to get out and talk to customers or whatever, you can do that. Um, some of the things that um, – in the past, we had a pony motor, but now we ops, uh, offer an optional um, uh, electric power pack. And gotcha. I don't know if you want to talk to that about that yet, because that's going to probably be um, our future. Um, but is that? Are you? Do you? Do you? Did I clarify that good enough for you? Definitely, definitely, definitely. And you know, let's uh, let's let's revisit the uh, power pack when we are maybe closing since that is going to be what you guys are working towards in your future Mm -hmm. generations. Okay. So look, now we have a a great foundation on the service that you guys provide. Okay. How long has quick loads been in the trailer making business? Um, We've been in it. I want to say close to 12 years. Um, One of the things that kind of how it was born was, um, a third-generation engineer, his parents moved to Athens, Ohio, which isn't really famous for um, manufacturing plants. Um, uh, and he, his parents taught engineering at Ohio University. Um, he went through the program but learned early in life that he didn't want to be in an office. He wanted to be out building things. So he started a, a very successful uh, construction company. 
and they st- they got big enough that they started to do what a lot of construction companies do is have uh, tool shed trailers. Well, he didn't like how his were getting broken into, so he thought that it might be better if he had the security of shipping containers. So he just kind of sat down, and this became a glorious obsession for him. And 11 years ago, he came out with a prototype. And from that, I think he has 17 patents in 17 different countries. So he's covered his bases. He's Sean Jones is a very smart man. And now he has um, the bases covered. So he basically started building these prototypes, which I can say are still out delivering trailers. We've had two failures but they were due to automobile accidents. The rest of them are still out uh, delivering shipping containers and other cargo. But um, we've been basically doing it 11 years, um, four years at the facility that we're at now. Gotcha, gotcha. Thank you so much for the background. And, you know, when it comes down to it, what has really been able to help facilitate the container shipping business, at least here domestically, over, you know, forever, or at least as long as I can know, are chassis. You know, what mm-hmm. what what differentiates you guys, Quick Lows, from an organization that manufactures chassis? Um, we can deliver to the final mile. We can deliver to the very spot that you want it and, and put that um, container within a 8.5 by 40 chalk line that you want it. Typically, right now, we all know it, the, it's it's the pink elephant. Uh, the chassis trailers need cranes or need help to load. The problem with cranes are they're dangerous, mm-hmm. they're expensive, and they're logistical nightmares. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, let's let's talk about that a little bit more. Um, you know, with I can only imagine you got to have certain people, you know, I've done a little bit of construction myself back in the day. You know, uh, I was out in Afghanistan, not in the military, just, you know, military contract work. And only certain people could operate, you know, our excavators and some of the other things that we were needing that was vital to our projects. So when it comes down to crane operations, not everybody can sit in that seat. And even though... Even those who do sit in the seat doesn't mean that they're, you know, the best person to be doing it. Um, you know, how does that come into play here? You know, what, what do you guys, what do you, what do you really, do you have anything to back up crane safety and just like how dangerous it is or, you know, um, you know, that type of stuff? Well, um, I always say this, if you want to have a, a, an O moment where you grab your face and lean backwards, uh, just look at um YouTube on crane accidents. Oh, <laughs> uh, if anybody's ever watched crane accidents on YouTube, you're like, oh no. Um, the other thing too is um, when I say logistical nightmares, people really sometimes people in logistics understand it, but some people don't. When you're trying to get two products that are um, very big, very bulky to the same place on the same day. At the same hour, that's a logistic thing that has to be overcome. Sometimes the cranes that you use to lift 60 and 80,000 pounds have to be hauled themselves. Right. And the last time I checked here in Ohio, diesel's around $6 a gallon, and the typical crane that can lift a partially loaded 40. Is about twenty four hundred bucks. Last time I checked in Texas, the same guy that sent me over a quote said to deliver it to New Mexico, they wanted a crane and it was two thousand mm. dollars. So right there on on the invoice is you know forty four hundred bucks. Right plus, right. Mi- plus mileage. Plus mileage, man. Man, logistical nightmare, bottlenecks everywhere. Yes. So with our product, um, like I said, no cranes, no side lifters, no forklifts, no chains and binders. And when I say chains and binders, I'm I'm still six foot four, about 
2.30, and I can do it, but it, they're heavy, and sometimes I have to go to the chiropractor. But here's the thing. Don't take this personal. <laughs> okay, brother. <laughs> I'm an old guy, and all we do is work. That's all we do. We show up and work. Not saying that you don't. I'm just saying sometimes companies have employees that are rock to solid dependable, but they're 58 years old. Mm-hmm. So, and they can't do the chains like they used to, or they have someone that's handicapped, or they have a woman that's 120 pounds. Now, don't get me wrong. I know I have a daughter. She's in the military too. Um, she's 5'11", probably about a buck 75, and I wouldn't want to try to wrestle her anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, she's man, a military no. policewoman. <laughs> no, I don't think I want to wrestle her either. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's, a, she's, she's, she's just a, a younger female version of me, and if any of my friends are listening, that's a scary thing. But um, <laughs> when you think of me as a female, but I, I, I would just say this, um, the retention um, on this along with um, opening it up to having your drivers that, you know, can, can, they could do this well into their 70s. If they're alert, they can do this as long as they're alert. Um, women, I think every female truck driver should be looking at quick loads. Mm -hmm. um, handicapped people, if the vehicle is equipped to do handicap, uh, meet their handicap needs, they can do quick loads. Mm, gotcha. So you're basically saying Quicko's automation uh, basically opens the door for more people who were previously unable to participate in this segment of transportation. Yes. And I mean, of course, I, I remember growing up when um, truck drivers were burly dudes. I mean, they were just beasts right. because, I mean, they were lifting and tugging on crazy heavy stuff, you know, and um so this is the great equalizer. Right, right. I hear you. I mean, that's that's the trucker that I knew. That's the trucker who I was raised by, you know, yeah. a big old burly guy out of North Carolina. Very. Yeah, crazy. I bet you didn't want him to spank you. Yeah, no, you know, that's why I, I ran. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you turned out. You turned you out know, good. You know, you know, I'm talking about a country fella, and I'm, I've never said this, but my my father, this man used to kick basketballs bare feet like three acres. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, yeah, I know. My dad was a big old dude and uh, um, same way with him. But, yeah, this is a – this product um, too as far as just an equalizer um, will take it to like some of the larger com uh, trailer manufacturers for chassis. This is um, something that for a, a – the investment from anywhere from seventy to um, one hundred and forty-two thousand, um, you can take on the big guys, and you can deliver this product where they can't. Right, um, right, right. So, are you saying that you know I, I wasn't going to get there so soon? But was that number that that price range that you just threw out? Is that the uh, price range for each yes. and every single one of your trailers? Yes, it is. It. Um, our truck beds, um, the 20K super bed, is, um, it can be operated without a CDL. Now, I've had truckers get mad at me and say, I don't want people doing anything on the road without a CDL. It's, a, it's the sign that you're um, a good driver. And they, have, they do have a valid argument. But I would say this, um, there are tons of companies out there operating at 25999 pounds um, with very capable drivers. So I will say that up front. So our basic um, truck bed that we mount to say like an M2 single axle starts out at around 70 grand. Now mm -hmm. it could be, it could go up dependent on uh, the PTO, different things on mounting it. Um, if you want any type of customization, if you want to add um, an extra foot to it, or secure an area where you might put a light boom. We do that too, but that's all optional stuff. Gotcha. Um, that's what but, you mean by PTO? Yeah. Um, no, the PTO would be um, the power source on, okay. the, on the bigger rigs. Um, on the trailers, we do um, a pony motor that's gasoline-operated or the electric power packs. 
in the future, it will be uh, powered by the axles. There'll be generations, and the axles will actually help acceleration and um, power it. Um, but right currently, right now, it's an uh, electric power pack that's rechargeable. Gotcha. Uh, it's rechargeable 90% in one hour. Typically, it will do in a, um, uh, a, a we call above 40 degrees. It will do 15 uh, loads. Um, we also have a solar charging for it and a trickle charger. So um, it'll work longer than you will. You know, I mean, it's not going to die like my cell phone is plugged in right now after it's had a hard day of sales. Um, <laughs> this thing, this thing will, our trailer will work as long as you do. Right. So then if you want to move up into the bigger models, when you look at our 60K um, Super High 40, now this one is um, dock height. So you can load at a dock, but you can actually unload with a crane without a dock and without a crane. So if you want to have these things put on at a dock, you can do it. It's the 60K Super High 40. And this one can be customized and permitted up to 80,000 pounds. Of course, you know, you know when you go over 80,000 pounds, you have to get permits. But typically, we find they're not too crazy in most states, the price of getting the permit to go to 80,000. Right. I'll go above 80. I hear you. Okay, yeah. okay. All right. Well, look. Uh, so, all right, I appreciate you giving the breakdown of the products that you guys have. Now that we've talked about it, where do you feel the uh, largest impact will be? You know, what facet of the container work will have the largest impact by the, you know, the service, the trailers, the products that you guys provide? That's not, we in the military, we used to call that, um, what if uh, worms had machine guns? Uh-huh. So what if, um, if I had to take a guess right now and say, you know, um, try to put on my uh, psychic hat, I would say delivery um, to companies at box stores that are going to start putting um, shipping containers in their back parking lots for fast moving inventory to be able to be secured s securely. I know there's a couple big ones. I think the name's Wall. Well, I can't remember, but it's something like that. Okay. Um, <laughs> I know because I won't say, but I'll just say that would be my guess um, that it would be box stores um, trying to uh, manage inventory as uh, mountains and valleys of product prob products and problems cause them difficulty maintaining inventory. Um, like I said, I, I believe this too. Um, COVID is really throwing the monkey wrench into uh, just-in-time inventory. And even as a company with us, um, we're now starting to do stuff like uh, large purchase buy on axles so we can have them in stock, but then also get them at a cheaper reduced cost. Right, right, right. Okay. You know, I hear you. I mean, you never know. Um, but you know, you never know. You don't know what you're you don't know, especially when you have a product that's essentially uh, shifting what is possible. You know, the things that you yeah, guys yeah. are doing has never been done before. So, you know, all I know is I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be one of those early adopters. And I pray that I can you know, be on that investor side from the beginning. Yeah. Well, we're actually doing, we just had a, a group of investors come in today. Um, now, I don't know how it went because I just came back and saw the uh, owner founder, um, you know, and just told, kind of reported in on how some of the, the sales calls they went in um, southeastern Ohio. But um, we are taking investors. I think uh, one of the bloggers, I want to say for Republic, rated us the highest rating he's ever given. Um, he said our only weakness was our um, sales and marketing department. But oh, that was no. before they hired me. <laughs> no, that's your job, brother. <laughs> that was before they hired me. Now I'm okay. I'm that. <laughs> All right. So we don't have that issue anymore. That weakness has been turned into a strength, correct? Um, I pray. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely hear you. And look, I was asking the question of like which facet of you know 
container work will have uh, the impact because, you know, as it stands, I do own a dispatch company, Atlanta Dispatch LLC. Um, mm-hmm. But my, my specialty so far has been domestic truckload. Um, I'm, I'm more so tapping into the drayage market now. Um, so go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying, um, just kind of like we had a talk earlier about um, the ports, you know, having these things around ports. And we do get a lot of calls from um, hotshot guys that see us and are like, what is this? Is this for real? Um, and, and especially in the ports. But it's kind of expanding now just because of, like I said, just-in-time inventory and, and all kind of domestic issues. Um, you know, there, there's stuff going on where people want to have a secure thing. And um, I did put something on LinkedIn probably about four months ago, um, kind of where I believe things will happen. I believe that um, you'll start seeing things called pop-up um, mobile storage sites where it'll be a lot that has security. And instead of having a locker that you would go to, you would be able to put your um, 20 foot or 40 foot in there. They'd have security. Um, we actually started this years ago and didn't even realize it. Um, a lot of times when people would come in to pick up their stuff, um, they would leave other stuff or we would have our bulldozers or, or our, our rigs or our trucks or something. And we would put them in this thing called the fort where we took 40-foot shipping containers and build a security place to put them in and then store our tools and stuff that we would do in it. So I really think when I put a picture of that there, it was like the feedback I got were like, I was thinking about doing this this morning for construction companies, um, heavy tow companies. I think, you know, a lot of tow companies now have to have a secure um, area to bring their towed vehicles to. I, I think that we'll see shipping containers not only do that, but we're dealing with a lot of them that are making them into homes. And I don't know if you've looked at any of these um, uh, modifiers that modify the shipping containers, but one of the engineers um, now is designing his side big business is that in his house is kind of wor- world famous. It's called the Neptune house. Um, it's built with shipping containers, and some of these houses are phenomenally beautiful. Now, I'm an old school. I live in a log cabin out in the in Appalachia, and I'm kind of – I dig that. But um, some of the modern designs that they're doing with modified shipping containers, which have to be delivered to a home site, um, some of these home sites are on the sides of hills, and um, we pull um, – we do a lot of stuff with DOD, so we have a big old military deuce and a half that we drive through the woods and um, have flags. And for Department of Defense, we unload these shipping containers on these flags full of, um, you know, with, you know, 10, 15, 20,000 pounds. And the, for some reason, it drives these military guys wild when we do that. Yes, sir. No, you. well, hey, man, you just... You just opened something, a can of worms. I never even thought about the fact that, um, you know, these shipping containers that have been uh, gotten, they've been getting a lot of attention for, uh, you know, being turned into homes. I never thought about you guys utilizing your equipment to, to, to support that, that portion of, you know, commerce. I I never thought about that. I mean, my question was really going to be, you know, <laughs> about how regulated ports are, you know what I mean? And they mm-hmm. got, they are, they do what they do. They have their regulations. You know, you're a driver, you got to have a twit car. You got to know how to, you got to know how to start and stop and go into this box over here. But, you know, like I said, my, my knowledge is very limited from, you know, what I've done so far. Do you feel as though your trailers have a place on ports. You know, I, I can see the, I can see them also on rail yards, but you know, what about mm-hmm. ports? Do you think that they would be accepted in those locations? It's kind of, um, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm, I'm not really sure about that. I would say that, um, it would, it would depend on how we do in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. There's a lot Very of true. people, that are courting us, um, they want to buy us. I mean, we got people beating down the doors for the technology. 
like I said, he's he's basically patented and he's a very smart man and he went after the patents first. Yeah. So it would kind of be I could probably see us um being licensed, you know, I don't know if it'd be an actual acquisition. I know that he doesn't really want to move the plant. Um, so the, I, I would say it would have to do with how many we can really produce, you gotcha. know, because um, you're, you're talking millions and millions and millions of containers. And right now we're kind of microscopic. Now, you, you're, you're right when you say, hey, this could change it. But we ain't going to change it in the next six months to a year. That's just being honest. This problem, this problem is, this is the next 20-year problem. No, I hear you, you know, but at the same time, uh, it does, it does make a difference uh, who you have backing you. So Mm -hmm. uh, if the deal is right, I do see this uh, being something that is mass produced. Um, You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because at that point, you know, it does alleviate a lot of the, the time that's currently required, um, you know, when it comes to facilitating a shipment from origin to the, the true destination. So, yeah. you know, I, I mean, fingers crossed that you guys are going to find that yeah. right opportunity yeah. so that this can get in more places. So Yeah, you're uh, exactly right about transloads and final mile. Yes, I, I completely agree. We are a beautiful answer. Um you know, from from one dock to the site, to delivery site. Yes, that's cool. Um, now, um, as far as production, we there are things that we're doing right now uh, to bring in-house um, robotic welders, um, plasma tables, 50-foot plasma tables. And I don't know if you've ever seen these things operate, but they're very, uh, very scary i mean <laughs> massive amounts and in very short times a lot of people asthma cutting yeah you know I, I, let me stay at least 10 feet away please yeah it it, com- it combines all the things that really scare me um <laughs> water electric liquid nitrogen and 440 i mean so it's just um and then uh, I, I was talking to another guy that worked for a large manufacturer and i said hey where would you stand if they you, you, when they fire up this new uh, plasma table? Where would you stand? And he said, uh, "Off the property." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Really?" And he's like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Thanks." Right, right. <laughs> well, yeah, man. Uh, look, you guys got it's a lot going on. I still have some questions, you know, about. Um, all right, so you did kind of mention this. You said this year your CEO had the opportunity to present at Freight Waves Future of Freight Conference in Bentonville, Arkansas. And for the folks who don't know, there's some major players in the supply chain industry that's based right there out of Arkansas. So no surprise as to why it was there. <laughs> um, you know, yes. but you, you you said you guys won a couple things. What is Best Wag? What does that mean? What you have um, or something? I'll I I put it like this. It's like uh, the best swag for me back in my younger days was um, a supermodel. That's that swag. You walk in through the mall with a supermodel. That's swag. Um, or uh, to me, being an older guy, what about a '68 Camaro? Right, right. Uh, let's see. What would a younger guy be? Uh, maybe like a a, a one thousand Ninja with a, a racing pipe. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So is that that explains swag? I'm like, let's see if it'd be a girl, maybe one of those Dooney and Burke purses that match her shoes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear you, man. All right. So essentially, the trailer, the app, that right there was the swag, and that's how yeah. you got on that. Okay. All right. That make it definitely makes sense because you know when you're when you're toting around something that is going to revolutionize the industry. You know, you're going to, you're going to turn some heads and, um, okay, cool. Yeah. We, we also won best in show too, which is kind of cool. All right. So what's the difference between best swag and best in show? Um, I'm not really sure, but I know best <laughs> in show. If I had to pick one, I want best in show. Right, right. No, I hear you. I definitely hear you. Best in show is a smooth title. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely take that one as well. And, yeah. You know, I guess, I guess with that exposure, 
like what was the what has been um the the experience the the day-to-day like after you guys had that opportunity to be exposed to so many people at that event so many companies so many power players who got money to blow yeah um well do you want the negative or the positive do you want me to tell both sides of this because because there's there's always in manufacturing and sales there's always a two-edged sword uh-huh now in the exposure was um i've done probably 1600 quotes Mm-hmm. Now, on the bad side is um, my left hand is starting to go numb. <laughs> <laughs> my wrist is numb. <laughs> um, I uh, have been offered to work, you know, hey, if you want to work overtime doing these quotes. Um, and, you know, every salesman will tell you there's one thing that he doesn't. He wants to get sales. He just doesn't want to do quotes. <laughs> Right, right. You want to close. You don't want to close. Yeah, I want to do closes. <laughs> but, um, it, it, it has been amazing. Um, you know, sometimes when you come in and there's um, uh, get a quote on our, our landing page and there's, you know, like 37 of them, you're like, am I going to get to eat lunch? Because right. we want to we want to do good service and we want to get back and call these people within an hour. Um, but it's just, you know, I mean, that part of it is the part I know I'm whining, tell me to suck it up, buttercup. But, um, you know, that the good part is, um, that we're getting lots of orders. I mean, we're just got one, uh, I want to say yesterday for five, five or six units that are going to be doing mining stuff. So it's our first foray into, um, super beds that have been upgraded to over 40 K that are going to be used in a mining thing. So um, we weren't even sure that that was an application, but when we sent over our, all our um, engineering designs, they're like, this is exactly what we're looking for. So, um, you know, there's, I mean, the exposure was awesome, but then also the, on the backside is this, I mean, we're, we're not a, a Ford. We're not a Chrysler. We're not, you know, um, Kentworth. Um, so the the time frames we got to try to keep them real world, and that's just very difficult. So we're having to um, partner with people um, and bring stuff in house. And on the manufacturing side, I um, I know our operations leader is he's starting to get a lot of gray hair. Gotcha. I definitely can hear you there. I mean, even in my 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 humble experience. You know, working for a 3PL department within Fastenal, you know, we were shipping all type of random things, man. I'm talking about lawnmowers and, you know, our customers wanted to get those quotes on how much it would cost to take them. They wanted those things immediately. So I can only imagine something way more specialized with a, you know, a a robotic trailer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What goes into uh, producing a quality quote to to take into account all the things that they're really talking about. So, yeah. so know. I have to work with engineering departments. So, say if they want it shored up to have a lift on it, or they want to just add four feet, uh, and then that affects uh, tilt angle. Um, it's 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 brutal as far as a salesman. I've never really been pushed this far. Um, working with an engineering department because most of the time with um, the medical pharmaceutical, those have been under study for, you know, years. And uh, the the production part of it's been fine-tuned in surgically clean facilities. And here we are doing custom stuff with uh, weights and lengths and, uh, you know, Add making and making sure we have the right VIN number for the M2 freight liner, so we know that this PTO ratio will work up with our uh, max pull on the the pony motors. The the ratios on it, it's 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 pretty brutal. Gotcha, man. I hear you. I hear you. Look, what's that? What's that current turnout time? If somebody said, "Hey, I just want one. Just give me one trailer, and I want the super duty souped up forty footer." 80,000 pounds, what's that What's that time, that production time, that lead time before you can get that back over to them as it stands today? Um, well, 
right now, unfortunately, we're um, at 140 days. That's with a 20% down payment. That buys all the steel, all the hoses, all the stuff. Now, if you do um, a 100%, I call it a crowd fee. They don't like that because no one likes to get crowded in front of. But if you have someone pay 100% down, they move into front line of production. Now, we don't give a, a shortened time. We just say that it's as fast as we can, we can do. So our standard operating procedure is 140. Now, we've been as low as 80, and we want to get back to that area because that's more real world is having these done. And typically, I can do four to six on an order and do that. So there's some room to wiggle. Um, so if there's something that's an emergency and they want to pay 100% down, money talks and we'll start We'll start working overtime and the guys will work the, the shift work. So that's kind of where we're at. Um, I wish it was a better number, but it is what it is. You know. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> you know, you don't have to say anything more. <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, you guys are growing. You guys are booked and busy. That's where every, uh, you know, company wants to be, uh, figuring out how they can produce more because they have such a high demand. So, you know, at this point, it is supply and demand, and it is what it is when it comes to that lead time. I just wanted to get a, you know, an just an understanding just in case people who hear this are interested, they can kind of get a, a, a game plan to build around it. And you say, you don't like people jumping, you know, skipping the line, but well, hundred percent, you know, that, that's, you know, you kind of get some type of benefits from being able to, you know, pay in cash. That is so, yeah. Okay. Okay. Look, we're we're gonna be uh, wrapping the conversation up pretty soon. But before we go, you know, did you did you where do you? I know this is another. This is you just looking into your, you know, you're looking into the future. But you know, where do you feel like Quick Loads is gonna take this container industry? Like you uh, being here on the ground floor, because that's exactly where you are. Um, yeah. And the sky isn't even the limit. You. This is. This is going way beyond that. Where do you feel like quick loads is going to take the container moving industry? Um, I think we offer a safe, easy, fast way to move shipping containers. So I think um, a lot of people would be like, so are you going to sell 10,000 units to Walmart? I don't know. But I do know this, uh, John Doe Construction Company that's growing, and he wants to have his tools in a secure um, container that he can leave on site and foil crooks. Or if he wants to cut the top out of that shipping container and turn it into a dump truck. Or if some guy wants to, um, he's too old to do trucking, but he still loves to travel. And he wants to, to take his one-ton pickup and full, pull empty containers. Um, I think that once people find out that there's a product that they can move these things uh, that will have a pretty high value, I think, in the near future, um, I think we'll do okay. I don't think we really need um, to be at every dock, but I, sh- I wouldn't mind being at the docks, you know, and I think we have a place there. But and I wouldn't mind being at the railheads, and I think we have a place there. But I think um, companies, you know, that are one million to, we'll say a hundred million. I really think that those would be where we we shine. And the people will be like, "What well, you mean? You don't want Walmart?" I'm like, "I'm on the I'm I'm at the factory, and I know what production problems mean, and I." And I understand trying to produce a quality product as fast as you can. And and these these trailers are are they're made by guys that have been welding for thirty years. Our welds, when people come in and look at them, they're like, "Man, this is a piece of artwork." I'm like, "Yeah." Um, one last thing before we go, I would like to say this: There's a couple units that we're working on that really I'm allowed to announce now, but um, 
it's kind of freaky technology. I don't know if you've heard of like bonding, but they're doing a lot of stuff with steel and carbon fiber. Okay. And this is probably maybe the first time this has been announced, and I'm probably stepping on a lot of marketing toes. But uh, I'll give it to you because I like you. I'll give you the biggest lead <laughs> that's come out of our factory in, in a long time. Um, what if – now, what not if what, – what if worms had machine guns, birds wouldn't mess with them. This is a cool what if. What mm-hmm. if you could move 40-foot shipping containers – with just a uh, driver's license and a ton truck. Oh, what if? Mm-hmm. What if? Now, when you start talking 26,000 pounds, with the current steel we have to use, that can never happen. But it's heavy. It's heavy. Right. It weighs 26,000 pounds. Right, right. But when you start reinforcing stuff with carbon fiber and its strength is incredible, then you start talking about a trailer that gets better gas mileage. Right. So even if it's a K, a, a 80K, but it's 30% lighter. Right. Oh, mm, my goodness. Just, just the material. Man, this is – the funny thing is carbon fiber, as you would probably know way better than me, you know, because I'm just going off of movies. <laughs> you know, definitely yeah. is – his introduction into the military, you know, just like with everything that was, um, you know, being ways to see how you can just make things stronger, lighter, faster, and more dependable. You know, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it's had a huge impact in the way in which our military, our government, you know, uh, gets its products now. So for it to now come into this industry, it only makes sense. But, you know. Uh, that's awesome. That's a huge what if. I appreciate you sharing it. Yeah. One last thing, too, I want to offer to you guys. Um, uh, we typically don't throw in too much stuff, but um, in uh, order to celebrate my uh, first day as a podcaster, um, <laughs> uh, I will do this for everybody that calls in. And my name's Chris Jenkins. So if you call in, here's what I'll do free galvanization. And a free tow package. So what I'm saying is we do hot dip galvanizing. And I, I, I actually want to have every one of our units done this way because of the lifetime. I want to have a trailer that's a 15-year to 20-year lifespan trailer. Now, that's not saying that we might have to replace a chain. But that's something that, you know, maintenance, you can get long life on. And then the tow package, basically, this enables you, say you're having a slow day with shipping containers, you can still move uh, cars and equipment and load and unload palletized material. So oh, that's, wow. uh, So that's, that's um, depending on what you do, that can be on galvanized, that's uh, around 45. A tow package is around 1300. So... That we'll just call that, uh, you know how a lot of those famous uh, uh, podcasters will have theirs. We'll just do this as the Myers discount. <laughs> <laughs> I truly appreciate that, brother. Look, and I, I pray everybody can take advantage of it, too. <laughs> Man, that's that's amazing. Uh, I thank you so much. Uh, you know, you're, your first day as a podcaster and you're you're the one giving out the gifts. Uh, we do appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> well, yeah, right and I. I do look forward to hopefully seeing you at uh, one of the next shows. I think we are scheduled for the trailer show in Nashville next month. So if you can get over to Nashville, um, I will definitely buy you my signature dinner, which is coffee and donuts. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man. Well, I'll see you there, brother. I'll see you there. Okay. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no doubt. Look, um, my bad. I normally just, 30 seconds. Just, Chris, be available for 30 seconds. Any questions for this, brother? We're going to leave that open for 30 seconds. If you have a question, raise your hand. But as you can see, we were concluding. Um, And as I I mentioned that, next week, you know, go ahead and join us on Monday, um, 7.30 a.m., as we partner with FreightWave, selling our team to talk about where you should move your trucks and to take advantage of the great rates that are still out here. And then next week, you know, health is very important, you know, uh, especially in this industry. We're going to be talking to the supply chain 
fitness person, uh, a, a very, very, very influential doctor that is going to help, uh, you know, not only truck drivers, but other folks that support supply chain stay healthy and fit while we, you know, tackle this industry. And look, Chris, nobody raised their hand. So look, we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to exit stage left again. I appreciate you, brother. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to, to work with you in the future, sir. Same here. Thank you so much. All right, now. Everybody have a blessed one. You too.